0: This is Chris. You're listening to the Dad Regime Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. I can't wait to play this episode for you. I just got a couple of things I want to mention first, though. Thank you to all the men, all the dads who came to the first ever Dad Regime event uh, earlier in the in the month. It was a terrific day. We can't wait to plan something new. Uh, you're going to hear some content from that day uh, in future episodes. Uh, should be a lot of fun there's one other thing that I really want you to do. I've been trying hard not to do a whole like and subscribe thing on any of the content that we put out. But over the month, uh, pushing out a whole lot of different stuff. What I've come to the realization is, is that it makes a huge difference when people share our content. So those of you who are listening, those of you who do, who do engage in, uh, what we do. Can I get you to do one other thing? I love it when you like, I love it when you comment, Can you also share? We'd love it if you did that. And we've got a very special guest. This is one of the best podcasts I think we've ever done. Uh, Can't wait for you to hear it.
1: Uh, Hey, Pete, we're back. Hello, how are you? And we have got a new special guest. We've only ever had one special guest on the pod before. Yeah. And because Simon and uh, Joel are soft... Incapacitated. There's there's a word, I just can't use it, that I'm thinking of from a previous podcast, but I'm not going to use it. Uh, So yes, I'd like to uh, welcome and
2: introduce everyone to Stan. Hello, I'm Stan, and thank you for the special part. That feels nice. No, thanks for joining us, Stan. Cheers. Um, my son just had a birthday a
0: couple of weeks ago, and it seems like it's birthday season in his uh, little group of friends, because we seem like we're going to birthdays every other week at uh-huh. the moment. I used to hate, hate going to kids' birthday parties. But now you enjoy it? What? You're warming to it. I'm warming to it. I'm, but there's a reason why I'm warming to it. Party so, pies? Why is that? Because I don't have to go anymore. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yes because well, like kids birthdays there's this weird sort of um, period of time where kids birthdays are really about the parents right you know when their first birthday that's really the parents celebration parents invite their friends Yeah. second birthday same thing I mean they don't, kids don't have any real friends at two right no. three maybe they're starting to make some more connections at you know kindies and play groups and whatever and so you're inviting a few more people and then there's this weird sort of time where it's like <laughs> four and five where you're having a kid's birthday party and you're inviting their friends but you're you're also inviting their parents yeah and so you're kind of almost doing two parties you'd have this little kids party yes but then you also kind of have to entertain the parents as well and sometimes they're people you know but often they started school or they're at kindy they're, they're parents you, you're people you don't know so you kind of Playing two roles, yes. But now, that like Thomas is seven, well yeah. now the birthday parties are drop off and pick up, and it's like that's cause a celebration. <laughs> <Yeah. for me. laughs> are they still sitting at <laughs> about two or three hours? Yeah. So the last couple we've been to Thomas's was ten till one. Yep. And the last couple that we've been to have been the same thing, ten till one. Uh, and I think that three hours is the sweet spot.
1: So you you are in the sweet spot at the moment yeah. because. I think with the seven years of birthdays, I think when it gets to eight and nine, the birthday parties drop off because I think parents are so sick of organising them that they go, how about I just take you two this yeah. year and you can bring one friend. Yes. And then, then they start to drop off. Yep. So I'm in. I'm kind of in that period. Yeah. And then it, I think it starts to work its way up again after that. Yeah. Um, but you're you yet to really hit the five, six-hour ones with a sleepover at the end. They're the, they're, 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 they're the good ones. They're the really good ones.
2: Do they become experiences now where you, your kids will say, come along to this guy's party or we're having this party and you'll, you'll buy them an experience? And that, is that fun again for you because as a parent? Because it's an experience. It might be bowling or oh, what happens well. the line?
1: Well, I think I've made it pretty well known that I I love a good laser tag party.
2: Okay. <laughs> I love a good yeah. laser so, tag so it party. It becomes about you again <laughs> without them knowing.
1: Them. Like I, I've gone to my kids' parties when it's laser tag, that's and I'll cool. be and I'll walk in and go hi, I'm <laughs> Pete. Who are you? Oh, nice to meet you. I'm playing too. <laughs> and I suit up. There's yeah. I've been known to do that a number of do parties. You take over, <laughs> mate. I dominate. <laughs> I'm a natural born killer. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, but cool. uh the um, but some some of the parties like we've like I I've spoken about this before. Um, we had I couldn't believe it when the parents said we'll be there at like eleven. We'll pick your child up. We'll take them to the movies and then we'll take them to Sizzler after, and then they can come back to our house and then we'll drop them back about five or six tonight. Yeah, and I was right. like, I don't even have to drop them there. This is sensational. How
2: <laughs> good's that? See, this all seems really foreign to me because, because I've never, see, so you, you know, how you were saying, Chris, how you hated parties. I, I, I love parties, but I, I could never attend them with my little guy, um, with Dean, just from birth, you know, being with, with his autism and stuff. Um, he, he just doesn't do social interaction and stuff. Mm. And um, so, pre two years old, we knew something was going on. You between twelve months and two and twenty four months we knew something was going on, but he hadn't been formally diagnosed yet. So we just thought, Oh, he was this kid that was very different. So we'd go we'd attempt to go to all these parties, you know, it was really awkward. And he'd be doing all these like crying and, and not wanting to play with the, all the other kids and doing these natural things. So I'd find myself in a corner somewhere with him. And then it all made sense when he got diagnosed. And um yeah, but uh, we, we still found ourselves getting invited to all these parties and, and turning up for five or 10 minutes and that's usually that looks like me in, in 10 minutes you know having to leave because you just can't do the whole sound and and the friendship thing and so that's what it was for me so it's interesting listening to you guys as dads with normally developing kids talk about this stuff um and I'm trying to understand what you're saying because I'm I'm trying to put myself in that position, but I haven't been in that position. It's really, yeah. And I find myself doing that a lot with a lot of conversations actually. But um, yeah, it was really cool. But be honest, Pete, you know when you do the whole laser tag thing, yeah. Do you buy the video and then watch it back? No, you, <laughs> that? you no video. It's too dark. Too dark as smoke machine, <laughs> mate. But no, I do stuff, occasionally
1: mate. take photos of the scoreboard when I come out <laughs> just to show how much I've, how much I've dominated them. Oh, oh, love it. <laughs> that's
2: good. Oh, that's good. So sorry to put a bit of a somber. Name no, in no. But it's, it's, it's just it. How, how it was for yeah. me. As a, what I was feeling when you guys were talking about this. So I'm mm. starting to feel like disconnect. Do you want to
0: describe Dean's autism?
2: Yeah, sure. So it's what um, a pediatrician classed it as um, a, a classical autism. So he shows all the traits. Um, and, and some of those are not um, looking at people in the eyes, um, walking on their toes, um, spinning in... Uh, spinning around continuously without losing balance, or when they stop, they can just walk a straight line. It's quite freaky. Um, uh, so no social interaction, blocking your ears, is the stuff that you see at schools and stuff. for kids do, uh, and just yeah, not wanting to interact at all. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in
1: terms of communication with you,
2: uh,
1: yeah. So you're, you're you're quite you're quite prevalent in the caring. I understand.
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah. Outside of um, what he does at school, when he comes home, I I become almost his full-time carer. Yeah. Where my wife, Georgie, we have a daughter that's a year, uh, Ebony's a year younger than Dean. So, obviously, we get the other... um, My wife, Georgie, spends a lot of time with Ebony. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because he's getting bigger, going back on your birthdays, Dean turns 13 on Friday, which is awesome. So, he's sort of becoming a teenager. Um, So... He's he's almost at my height, and he's a lot he's he's faster than Georgie now. So if he decides to dash across the road, mm. she's got no chance. So yeah. it's it, it's become my role, and that's yeah, why yeah, I need yeah. to stay active and fit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just to care for him yeah. and make sure that yeah he's he's safe. And uh,
0: the, there you go. Is the, just touch on the the party situation. Yeah. One of the difficulties I imagine would occur frequently is. You're not going to have those cues
2: yeah. initially. And yeah, that, that must be quite a social barrier to, to have to cross. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So there's there's been some massive changes in our life um, because of that. Um, even even having friends that can come over and visit, and you know, you do the whole come to your place, go to your place. That, that doesn't work with our family. Um, just simply because he's he was very severe when he got diagnosed at two years old. They do. Back then, they called it a CAST test, and, and they ask you a series of questions, and it was a scale from zero to 60. Um, 60 being severe, um, thirty being mild, and just over um, what they class as being autistic, and zero obviously being normally developing. Um, Dean came in at about forty five, and these, so but he he was so on the on the border of almost you know sort of more, closer to severe, um, so he's still nonverbal. He's thirteen. Excuse me. Um, and, and it does, it poses a whole lot of issues with your, with the whole social, he can't read social cues. Yeah. Um, kids will come to his party that we've invited just because we try it every year to see how, just as a gauge as, as to how he's going socially. And he's he's gradually improving, which is great. Um, but ideally, and he's in an ideal world for him, he's his, his, his favourite birthday would be him... Um, with his TV or you know maybe um, just a couple of fri- a couple of family members just down at the pool and that's in fact that's what we're doing um, on Sunday yeah, yeah we're going to just have my brother-in-law and his kids that he's grown up with and we're just going to go down to the rec club because he loves being in the water and he loves open spaces in fact that's why we moved here from Melbourne yeah, right. yeah it's just too cold down there yeah. yep and we find ourselves visiting other people which he hated but you, you can't do anything else it was so cold so it just didn't work for our family so here we are yeah so what
1: what other adjustments have you put in place in terms of uh atmosphere and ambient noise and things like that um you know i think you, you mentioned that you sometimes go to a s- uh, supermarket or something if yeah the, or yeah. not a supermarket was it a shopping center or something. If a storm's coming or something like that. Oh yeah, are there, that's are there right. other adjustments was, you
2: Yeah, that was around. Um, so he needs to go out for his walk, daily walk, and it's mm-hmm. four thirty every day, and that's usually down the beach. But because, um, like when it's raining, like today, we go down to the um, the Maruchidor. Um, uh, what's it called? The indoor. It's the um the homemaker, homemaker center. Center. Yep. thank you Pete yep and it's massive and they all know us in there because we're going to Harvey Norman we try all the recliners and, <laughs> but Stuart we, he's really not, we've spent five and a half grand on a recliner so he lets us play <laughs> on it which is really cool so that um so yeah that's that's one that's one thing that he needs to do. Um, get out every day, yep. otherwise it, it just messes with his sleep and then it just messes the whole day, the, the following day. But some of the other adjustments that we've made is um, are, um, we're, just, we're just building our, our new home now and, and that's designed by my brother-in-law who's an architect and he's known Dean all his life. And all the whole house is basically designed around him where we've got these zones where he's visible. We can see him behind a sheet of glass but he's in his own little zone. So we can have people over for the first time in many years um, and entertain and, and get our social life back. And and he can do his thing and not feel like his, his space has been impeded. Mm. So I think it's gonna be a win-win, mm. yeah, which is really cool. But yeah, going on ambience and all that, yep. you, you've nailed it. Um, we, we turn the lights down at night leave the lamps on we never we never raise our voices in the house he he gets startled really easy if someone's going to use a blender we've got to make sure that he's way over the other side of the house um and and it's just basically all those auditory yeah do you have the sound reduction headphones and things like that yeah well he he wears um headphones on the bus um and he's got his ipad where he watches his favorite movies and he cruises along because if you get old mate down the back who decides to just Throw out a high pitched sound that would that would really freak him out to the point where he just wants to get up and and while the bus is driving, go and open the door, want to jump out, right. just wants to get out of that zone. So yeah, headphones are massive for Dean. We ne- he never wears them at home again because we it's all pretty quiet at home. But yeah, it, yeah, he struggles with that at birthdays and, and shopping centers and, and the like. Mm. Yeah, but you know it's um. Again, I don't want to paint this bleak picture. It's, it's, it was. It was some real dark times. Um, you know, Dean cried from the age of, from birth, till he was six for a minimum of eight hours a day. Mm. And as a parent, I'm sure you guys will yeah. can relate to this, <laughs> like you could almost put up with your football team losing, mm. but when your kid's crying mm. and you can't settle them yep. um, for 20 minutes, mm. let alone eight hours a day for every day, um, but then I don't know what happened at six years, or around six years old, um, I don't know, he might have run out of tears or worked out that it's just not working for him or something. Mm. Something something happened for him in his head and um, he's yeah, he's turned the corner. He's been good ever since. Mm.
1: Yes. Yeah. So when you first found out, what was the, um, not just the family support, but like outside Support was that made readily available, or did it just feel like you were just put in a put in a pile, and you just had to work it out for yourself? Or what happened
2: there? Yeah, definitely, definitely the latter. Um, we didn't know anything about autism. Um, you yeah, know, this was this was um, eleven years ago now, we're, and maybe because we're in a bit of a bubble, we were, it was our first child. Um, we were young parents. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure it was out there, but obviously not to the, the levels of awareness it has now. Um, but we had just moved here for a sea for for a sea change, ironically when he was six months or a year old, Ebony was just born, and we, we came here because we loved Noosa. We were here on a honeymoon. Ten years part of that, moved here, loved it. I was in a business in Melbourne, and that was that was full on. So we did the whole coming here for a lifestyle change and that was really cool but when when he got diagnosed at two we didn't have what you're saying no support around us um and we we really had to work out what we're going to do we didn't know um what to do at all actually we had to really self-educate ourselves um i remember i remember this is really sad because i work in education but driving back crying from Brisbane uh, when he got diagnosed with a paediatrician and saying to my wife oh, can you just google autism is it AU or is it ORT like we need to you know and and it was just full on and we are reading, reading about it on the way back and it was yeah it was the whole you know you go through the whole why me stage and then I, we quickly realised that although it was good for a day it felt really nice to get sympathy from other people it was a it was um yeah you, know, you don't want to be victim mate that wasn't cool so the second day we sort of looked at strategies and how we're going to work through this, which was really good for us because having other friends that we've met in other in in groups support groups um you know, people still struggling ten years later, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we sort of try and get out there and help uh, help out as many people as we can, yeah. Yeah. So, so
1: you, do you do mentoring kind of things with parents, or yeah, it, or yeah. do you just do you go to support
2: groups? Oh, uh, yeah. So, not actively, only because outside of work, we we both work full yeah. time. Um, outside of that, um, caring for him doesn't yeah. leave much time at all. Um, so we we we'd love to be doing more, but we've just got some friends that we had from back in the, in those days, the support groups that we've managed to stay in touch yeah. with, and we just. We just provide as much support as we can for those people, yeah. and and them for us. So, so that's how it all works for us. Yeah.
1: So if we flipped it around a little bit, let's just say um, someone who is about to have a baby uh, in in your family, not your family, but you know, like if um, the listeners in, in our family. Family. in the listeners' family, mm-hmm. the diagnosis came through, and it was. Um, what what would be the what would be the three things that a fam like a family could do to help out those people, um, who've just had the diagnosis? What would what would be three things that the, the, the what, family What or the other what could do? What the, what the the outer family could do to help to support?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. What? Um, so so f- for us, oh, the uh, the biggest support would be some respite, I'd say. Um, getting to understand. Um. How, how what what triggers the the uh, the child, mm-hmm. um, and get an understanding around that, and some strategies around dealing with that. Although even though you're not the parent, um, because there's some really damning statistics that come with kids with autism. Parents mm-hmm. that have kids with autism, one of them's eighty percent of marriages end up in divorce, mm-hmm. um, uh, simply because it's 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 pretty tough. You get kids crying, and you just don't know how to console them. So. You you find that the the parents are having a crack at each other for that reason, but um yeah so so definitely number one would be getting in there, rolling up your sleeves, and and just just putting your arm around these people and just telling them that they're not on their own, um and um yeah and just giving them a night off from time to time, I, I, I think will be a, a massive help, um just yeah because as you know everyone just needs that time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they can do you know, whatever they want with that time, but everyone needs it. Um, that'd be that'd be my biggest one. Outside of that, I don't know. There'd, there'd be other things, but I'd, I guess I'd just be happy with that one. My, my, my <laughs> guess would be, my guess would
1: be though that the family member would have to understand routines and the triggers, like you said, yeah. before they could really offer that respite and for yeah. the child to be comfortable with that family member. Yeah, totally. And so, how long is it? How long do you think it t- it kind of would take yeah. to build up that kind of trust? Just in your experience, yeah, what, Sure. How does that sort of how does that sort of work?
2: Yeah. Although well, they have a lot of similarities, they're they're very different also. So it's mm. it's on a case to case. But yeah. I'd say a minimum of a minimum of a few months, yeah. where you can sort of come in as you would, you visit your brother, just as yeah. you go over for a barbie, yeah. and instead of sitting around the barbie and and having beers, which uh, with, with your brother and his wife and all that, maybe spend half that time playing with this little guy yeah. or little girl, or just maybe just throwing yeah. a ball with them or, or just engaging in an activity that, that they enjoy. Yeah. And and that way you'll build that relationship with yeah. them and you'll also get to know what triggers them, what calms them down, what yeah. soothes them. Um, and then once you, you create that relationship, it'll make it a lot easier for everyone. and And then, yeah, you can help out yeah, there's, there's yeah, massive massive assistance there. You could you could you could help them with yeah for sure. Yep. Yeah,
0: I'm interested in the balance between being a parent and being a carer. And like, do you have to compartmentalize your role as a carer, or do you just look at it as this is my role as as dad, and this this is this is, this is what it encompasses.
2: That's so, so interesting. That I've I've been a dad slash carer now for you know as I said thirteen years, and I you won't believe it, Chris, but I haven't spent any time thinking about that yeah. until we went out a couple of weeks ago to the Yamundi <coughs> Brewery, yeah. and and we had that awesome experience with all the guys there. That was that was amazing. I, I had a blast. Um, so, and with the whole dad's regime and some of the questions that you guys were asking and some of the, uh, you know, the conversations we were having around that stuff, yeah. I actually went home and I remember saying, I think, to Pete the next day or to, to you, Chris, that um, I, I started thinking about, you know, like, because you hear about well, there were so many dads there and they were talking about their kids and I'm thinking, hang on a second, I, I, I can't relate to any of this stuff, like... I can understand what you're saying. I've got a, I've obviously got a, a daughter as well, but I don't, I don't spend nowhere near as enough time as as I do with like it's maybe a 90-10 split yeah. between the kids, mm-hmm. if if I'm lucky, if she's lucky. But um, I got it got me thinking that day, yeah. and uh, and I guess it's become a a carer's role more than a parent a parent role a parenting role because what what I had envisaged as a younger man before I had children was, you know, um, going to the football with my son or going to drag racing or whatever it may be. And, you know, giving him advice and having a chat on the way there and, um, talking some strategies around, you know, what's going on for you at school and how can we tackle this, but being nonverbal, um, not wanting, so we've never, he's never come to the movies or never gone to restaurants and stuff and a foot is no chance. So, so the, I, I questioned how much of a parenting role I had and it was almost, I think it's almost zero. Yeah, wow. Uh, parenting is in what what you guys know it as. Um, and I guess that's uh, being a parent for Dean and a carer doesn't really make, it's, it's sort of merged into one really. Mm. But it's different to every other parent as mm. every other dad, I guess. But um yeah, like... And when I struggled with that initially, without having thought about why it's it's happening, I it was just the whole, you know, oh, I wish I had some more time to myself and all that sort of stuff. But you just sort of get busy with life and you keep going. But I think I've come, I've now that I've identified what's going on for me, I've just come into a relative peace in the last couple of weeks, yeah, right. which is really strange, you know. Like I'm 43 next next week, and. I, I just the last two weeks have been um really peaceful for me because I've I've I've, I've identified it I've um realised that it's okay to be a, a carer um and um yeah yeah so I don't know it's been really good, good.
0: yeah I, I'm I'm in awe <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah in awe and and,
0: and a little bit satisfied too that you got so much out of out of
2: our um dad regime event yeah yeah it was awesome it was awesome see i don't spend a lot of time outside of caring for dean so and and when i socialize i usually sorry when i have a couple of hours of leisure time when you know georgie takes that role on and um i've usually either got ebony or I'll I'll spend a couple of hours watching the football, and it's a mind numbing thing. It's somewhere where I can get into the zone and just sort of enjoy that. So outside of that, it was the whole it was being around all those dads, which was really cool. Um, although initially it was quite confronting, Uh but but stepping away from that and then going home and and sort of thinking about it, um. Yeah, it created some 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 other stuff for me in my mm. head, but but it was, it's really cool. It was, it mm. was really nice to do. Um, I love the people, uh, the guys at, at our work are yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like I, I think they're the best people on the Sunshine Coast. They're just incredible. So I've you know there a lot of care there, and when you're in a safe, vulnerable environment, it's just beautiful. Like to talk about the stuff that matters, mm. and that's what I got out of that. Mm. And I guess it's and a, few, a few beers as well yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah there was a brewery involved that's right <laughs> yeah that's
1: it so we've talked about the bleak times we talked about this that and the other yep so your relationship with Dean in terms of it being a carer's role. Well. Then, are uh, you know, the upsides. Yep. Uh, you know, like. Yep. Um, breakthroughs. You know, like. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, us as parents, we talk about, oh, my kid's finally doing this, or my kid's finally doing that. What have there? What's been the big breakthrough? The other, you know, you, you mentioned this when he was yep. six years old and he stopped the crying. Yep. What are the What are some of the other things when you've just like given yourself a fist pump? Like, yeah, we that, okay. that's awesome.
2: Yeah, that's cool. So we do choice theory, as you know, at school, yeah. and I did some self awareness stuff about ten years ago. And as we, as we all know, um, the only person you can help and fix is yourself, yep. um, and change and control is yourself. Yep. Um, but it's really interesting uh, in my role as a carer with Dean being non-verbal and sort of developmentally, con- these cognitive skills they're not they're they're sort of at their real early stages. I can actually have a lot of input in how I affect his life, um, so the more effort I put in, um, I get a lot of results out of Dean. Um, so I, it it sort of, um, uh, it goes against everything I know about you can only change yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm actually can change Dean, um, Mm -hmm. by putting a lot of work and effort and love and care. Uh, And some of the breakthroughs have been incredible. Like, um, I still remember, um, you know when he started to learn how to throw a ball and catch a ball, um, even you know he sort of ran and walked later. Uh, so it's all these, all these little things. So you still
1: hit the milestones; they're yeah. just at a different rate. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's it. And exactly
1: because I find in my role, there's people that might uh, parents that might have a child with all sorts of disabilities, and Sometimes they, I mean, they'll go through those stages that you were talking about, and they'll go right. Well, well, if now that we know, if we work really hard with our kid, they'll think they'll get a year's growth in their learning or in their whatever developmental thing they're trying to go through. Um, and sometimes you've got to have that that that, that tough realization or conversation has to be had, where you know. They might not do it in a year. What another child might do in a year, yeah. But they can still do it. Yep. You know, so that's kind of what you're saying, isn't yeah. it? That like you might not expect it at six years, but you might get it at ten. Yeah. You might get it at seven. You might get it at thirteen. Or I've also learned like too,
2: Pete. Yeah. Not no, for me. Having no expectations has been awesome because. Yeah. We're just trying to provide a safe environment and a loving environment for him to flourish and reach his potential whenever that may be. Um, We always get the question, you know, is he going to talk? Is he, you know, going to get a job? And really, we don't know. We, we, We have a positive outlook on it all. And all we know is that if we keep putting all these systems in place, like keep putting the love in, putting the care in, um, speech therapy and OT and he's he's got amazing carers at school mm-hmm. he'll just reach he'll, he'll hit the, you know his own ceiling and, and that's all we can hope for as parents I never put a time no no because I feel cause it's, it's almost setting yourself up for failure yep. um, so that's that's how we roll and you know yeah. other parents have got their own strategies and that's cool um, but for for the little man yeah we just we just keep you know putting a love in and wh- whatever he becomes he becomes and and we'll be happy with that yeah,
1: yeah. i have another question but i don't know whether it's at, at the right time of the me, discussion bro. right hit me I, i'm just really interested in how you found access to government support and things like that and like i said i don't think it really fits in at this sport, spot but in terms of like you know you know like just, oh, we've spoken a number of times about how ringing up a, a government department and then you're on hold for 40 minutes and yep. then you're put off to something else and then you never get a result and you end up having 10 phone calls. Yep. Like, for for you, yep. those 10 phone calls would be a nightmare because you, you can't get something done when you need to be done if you're yep. caring for your child. So accessing the support from government departments in, in this area, how have you found... Found that, or, or accent? I'm guessing you get some financial yep. help as well. I mean, you so, talk so, about it as. Yeah. No. Oh
2: no! It's 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 uh, <coughs> it's very easy for me to talk about it because I don't have any stuff around this. Financially, um, the government provides you with a carer's allowance once you mm-hmm. get a formal diagnosis, and for us, it's around the hundred dollar mark a fortnight from Centrelink. Um. So, so outside of that, listen to this, right? The only thing that's proven to help kids um, with autism is a thing called ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis. It's a sp- proper school, one-on-one. Um, it's all these little cubicles where you sit with a, with a, a teacher, if you like, and the, and the, the kid with autism sits opposite them, and it's six hours of giving them a simple instruction and then when they master it, you move on to the next thing, um, and 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 this is all uh, overlooked by a psychologist um, that tailor that, cha- that changes the the program uh, on on a monthly usually, and um, so all these things come at a cost. In fact, they come at a fifteen hundred dollar a week cost. We did that with Dean for three and a half. Uh, Years from the ages of three to six and a half. So if you do the math, I think it's around $300,000 that we had to come up with Mm -hmm. out of our own pockets. The government was good enough to give us $100 a fortnight um, simply because Australia- I hope you said thank you. Oh, I was very grateful, (laughs) very grateful. Uh, It didn't even cover his nappies, you know. Mm. Um, So look, um, the NDIS has just been rolled out, which is awesome. We're about 20 years behind in mental health, unfortunately. When Dean got diagnosed 11 years ago, if we had friends moving to Canada, England, because all the $300,000 I was talking about, that was all fully funded by their governments. And they're thinking, 300 grand? Yeah, that's all right. It's an Australian-speaking country. Mm-hmm. I've got family in England, for example. Why, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. So they did it, and... Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're just we're just coming on board now. So Dean has just been accepted for NDIS. He has his full diagnosis. Um, we've just received twenty four thousand eight hundred dollars for the twelve months, which is awesome. That will buy him a an hour of speech therapy a week, an hour of occupational therapy every second week, and for the first time ever, get ready, drum roll, please. <laughs> we'll add in the sound <laughs> I think this is pretty good though we, we get three hours on a Saturday where he'll get picked up and taken down to his local beach and they'll take him for a walk one on one they'll I'll give him a key to the rec club where we live and he's got access to the pool so they'll, they'll, he'll go in with, it, with, with whoever the carer is um, for an hour and then they'll go down to McDonald's and have lunch together and then I get to get to spend all with time with my family, with with Ebony and Georgie, um, and we get the three weeks, three hours a week, which is going to be amazing. Right. Um, mm of celebration though. yeah yeah big yeah, time cool. I'll probably sit, sit there like a stuffed vegetable for the first couple of weeks <laughs> trying to work out what movie to watch on Netflix I oh, know the three hours are up crap I'll yeah. watch it next week <laughs> but, but uh, I think I think it'll be good for obviously for us because mm. you know like it's a uh, it's massive for us but I think for him too because you know like you find yourself always it's, it's, it's you default to how it is for you where where it is with these kids with with any kid really or any any relationship, the more you put yourself in the other person's shoes, yeah. Yeah. the better your relationship's yeah. gonna get. I find, yeah. so that's 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 what we you know we try to do. And and really, this poor little guy, I've all I've been speaking about is how how it is yeah. for me being a dad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, let's be real, this poor little guy's born into this thing. You know, ultimately the ultimate frustration of not being able to say how you feel Um, not telling your baby sister to piss off when you want to you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and just giving her a serve when you want to or what you know like it's all this other stuff that we we sort of just do and he can't do the poor little guy so that's why we just sort of get up and do it and and I'll probably complain a couple of times, but I, I hope I don't complain too much about <laughs> it. <laughs> this is yeah, and, and again, this is more around, um, just just saying how it is, and hopefully other people getting some awareness around how it is mm. for for mm. families like ours. Well, like if there's,
1: if this gets heard by, you know, there's yeah. any number of people, you know, then yeah. It's either going to be raise awareness or it's going to make someone feel better about the position they're in. Mm. So I don't think it's a matter of you complaining or you. Yeah. I think it's just you giving a candid um, account of what you've been through. Yeah. And, and it doesn't sound as a, like you're being selfish or anything. You're yeah. just giving. We're just. are just giving them the nuts and bolts. Yeah. About being a dad in yep. this situation. So. Yep. Cool. Um, so who's tougher, you or Georgie?
2: Um. So we go through our stages, and it's about how much you can hold at the time. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, we go through periods where she can't hold the space for it, and then yep. I'll, I'll inst- you instinctively step in. yeah. And it's and it's worked. We've been we've been together for I don't know twenty plus years now, um, twenty three I think, and um, oh, and it's only happening for thirteen, but yeah that's how it's worked for us um and it, it's working fine um but we're getting to the point now where yeah, this third person will help heaps mm. on a saturday mm. but sorry just going back on what you're saying before how um some of the things that um so some of the skills and how it's actually how it's helped and enriched our lives so with that experience now i can bring that into our our school for example because mm-hmm. i i work as you guys know with with some of the kids that are on the spectrum and stuff, and I, and I, you know, like I do stuff without even realizing, I pick up on stuff without even realizing that I know that, you know, Just like what a, a sixth sentence to you, yeah. Stan, like <laughs> no, yeah, an intuition. Yeah, or I a freaky connection with these, yeah. uh, these special little kids, and it's um, yeah. So so yeah, you bring some of that to work, which is really cool. That's a, a skill set, I think, and and tolerance and patience. Um, which you sort of get from being in a family like ours, mm. yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: I think I think it's really interesting that people that know you as a as a per, the person you are at school and what you do for work. I I wonder how many people actually realise what you're going through with your family outside of school. You know, like because you come across as the happiest guy on earth, without a trouble in the world. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Um, do you sometimes come and just put on the show, or it, when you when you step into school is that cause like for me I find that when I go to work if there's something that's been going on outside of work I just leave it and I just get to work and I just do my thing and then I step back into that yeah that 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 mood or whatever's going on outside of, in my life if something's going not so great I yeah. just leave it at the door and it doesn't pick up again till three o'clock so where where are you in in that
2: yeah how it works for me is that um, sort of, I live with this thing, and it, it's not even. No, nah, that that's just me. What you see at school yeah. is, is who I am. Yeah. Um. In fact, it probably hindered me a bit. Like I could probably come in twice as bubbly. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> God. I, yeah, I, know, I know. I know. It's scary, mate. It's scary. Sometimes I think I moved out of Melbourne. Maybe I got pushed out of Melbourne. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I, I yeah, I, just naturally I'm, I'm full of beans, and um, I, I just. Think that a smile and, and 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 good positive energy can make a difference. And who else to to help the kids, you know? And I just I just come in there with that energy, and I just like to connect. And then it's funny you get to know if you know you put the effort in, you learn all their names and what they like. Um, it's really amazing what you can get out of them because um, they feel like you know them and they feel more important and they feel special and that's when I feel like that's when they give their best. So I guess I guess that's probably why I do it. Yeah. But but it's it's a natural thing. It's not something I fabricate. Um yeah no that's gonna be me to what they have, I reckon. <laughs> so you're gonna put up with you <laughs> <It's so laughs> all the other twelve hundred freaks in that school. <laughs> awesome
1: We've kind of covered, we've kind of covered uh, all the members of the family bar one. So how, how is the relationship with Ebony and your, your daughter and um, your son, and how does she fit into the whole dynamic? How does she cope, etc.
2: Okay, so their relationship is a strange one as compared to normal kids. Um, it's the only one they know. Obviously, they don't interact at all. Um, simply because Dean doesn't want to interact with anyone, um, uh, she keeps trying. To her credit, she's amazing. She's re- very resilient. Um, she's quite nurturing. She will she will instinctively look out for his best interests. Um, Where my wife and I, Georgie, are very mindful as to how how much if any load we give her when it comes to Dean uh, and looking after Dean. We we very closely monitor that. We like to take that load on ourselves, being parents. But uh, without realising, she'll fall into that that mode where she's caring for him and an extra set of eyes um, or getting something for him when we're busy and whatnot. Um, As to how it's impacted her quality of life, I think it has has, uh, probably... Probably taken a lot of um, social development away from her um, personally, because we haven't been able to um, mingle with other families as much as we'd like to. And as you know, when you know they're they're catching up with friends outside of school, um, uh, they're learning all this other stuff, you know, loyalty and friendships and. Uh, whatever, um, learning how to argue and all these other other things that that just mm. um, form organically. Sure. Uh, you know, in schools, obviously there's some social development that happens there, um, but predominantly it's learning. Um, and and it ha- we have found that academically she's very she she, she she's right up there, but socially um, she's had her challenges. Sure. And and I. I won't hesitate for a second to think that um, the whole autism thing hasn't had a role to play in her social development or or lack thereof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: playlist oh do you know what there's a, oh do you know what there's something i've got to tell you <laughs> <laughs> this has got nothing to do no, with my playlist it no, is something no, that i watch no, but no. i i off got off topic but it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter hey no. this is just a real quick one um i spoke about watching back to the future with my kid and how, how that how awesome that was and how i don't really watch many of their movies and stuff like that right <laughs> the matrix with jacks my <laughs> oldest son right Blew his freaking mind. It was sensational. Anyway,
0: that's not my playlist. But you haven't told him that there's any sequels, right? Because you don't want to ruin that (laughs) that experience. No,
1: I did tell him. And he goes, can we watch them? And I said, no. No. You are never, (laughs) ever watching them. But the next day, he was like, so, Dad, do you know, like, the Matrix. Would there be more than one reality that they're making? You know, like he thought that you know, like maybe there's more in. one alternative was reality, in. and I'm like he
0: took the red pill.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. So my uh, playlist this week, I came across it is on SBS On Demand, and it is uh, Seth MacFarlane's uh, sci-fi. St- I don't want to say it's a spoof of Star Trek, but it is a Star Trek kind of. thing thing you know seth mcfarlane from family guy and mm-hmm. etc and everything else uh yes it, it is called the orville um and i, I don't know where, and i think it's because orville was one of the wright brothers so it's you know like how they kind of do that spin it kind of just reminds me of the original series with quirkiness it wasn't it, it does i've only watched about three episodes and it's not something that i want to watch every day and binge watch it it's something that i kind of like a bit light hearted I, I, might, I might have I might have another episode you know like yeah, that yeah. Um, but it's not as in your face as what the family guy is it's not all the crazy voices and stuff like that it's it's like a, an original Star Trek episode with better CGI obviously <laughs> with better effects with little quirky twists so you know <laughs> it's it's made as a comedy but it's not laugh out loud funny the whole way through yeah um yeah, there's little twists in it that are just quirky and the throwbacks to what's happening in pop culture and stuff like that yeah, at okay. the moment. someone um,
0: described it to me as the British office, but sci-fi.
1: Yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah, yeah. um and it's not full of cliche either, you know, like you if you read the synopsis, it'll be like, um, down on his luck, Captain gets his own ship and gets the worst crew kind of, you know, yeah. that's the way it would read, but it's not that bad. Like, oh, yeah, it, you know, yeah. it's not like that everything goes wrong. Cause I started watching that Brooklyn nine, nine. Yeah. And I don't know about it. It's just like, it's like they're trying to work every single second for a laugh and they're not British comedy. So they have trouble yeah. doing it.
0: Second season gets better.
1: Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, hang on through <laughs> it, but I'll watch the awful first. Um, anyway, uh, yes, so that's my one, it's it's not laugh out loud funny, it's not excellent sci-fi, it's this funny merge, and that's why I don't want to kind of call it a spoof.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stan, what's on your playlist? Alright, for me, it's, um oh, the AFL's massive for me.
1: Footy season's yeah. back for Stan. As
2: you all know, um, I, I go into a dormant phase for six months <laughs> He <laughs> goes in his <laughs> I, oh, you go, I, I go real deep into Joe Rogan actually for that six uh, months yes. while it's not on and yep. I, I really get into that sort of stuff because he has all the latest you know the best guests on yes player. yes he does Chris you're right uh, but yeah not nah, happy to happy to watch the AFL every every game before. it was up to me <laughs> um, so it was good to see Hawthorne get off on a with a win, Big win. yep, yeah. uh, over in Adelaide, which is always very hard to do, um, especially with a with a diminished team that we have, a very young team that we have now. So it's 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 nice seeing these green shoots, um, and uh, outside of that, I I like to listen to a lot of heavy music, um, and I've crazily. Believe it or not, it actually puts me to sleep. So, sleep night and Pantera for me <laughs> um, puts me in a real relaxed state, and, it, and I head off to bed. Um, yeah, that's it for me, Chris. What's on your playlist? I
0: watched a Netflix documentary Behind the Curve. It's a documentary about flat earthers. Ah, oh, right. Follows a few flat earth. Yep. Um, youtubers and that sort of stuff through this uh through a you know probably over a year um uh, and it goes to one of the conventions that they hold and all this sort of stuff and it is i i i hesitated to watch it because i was like i don't want to watch a a documentary about flat earth but it is the it is compelling and i don't want to give any I i don't think i'm giving anything away by talking about how you follow these people and you can't help but like them start to believe them almost. No, no 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 no, not at all but you can't help but like them and it's not like a it's not like pity but it's kind of like you kind of start to, to... empathize yeah Empathodes? you actually have to empathize with who these people are and there's two or three of them and they get to this point this this moment of self-realization where you go you've just convinced yourself that the world's round and then they snap back at back out of it it's just this
2: is that stubbornness? Or... Yeah, I, I don't
0: I don't know how how they wow. did it, but it's super interesting, super cool. compelling, uh, just yeah, a topic that I wouldn't ever have thought that I yeah. would probably want to watch, but it was just, yeah, excellent, excellent stuff. Hey, Stan, can't thank you enough for, for joining oh. us today. Um, your candor and your honesty, your openness was just uh, uh, brilliant. Like to... You are welcome back anytime you want. Awesome, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. You're way better That's than Josh fun. and Simon, yeah, uh, Joel yeah. and
1: Simon. Sorry,
2: <laughs> You forgot their names. I, know. I, I was looking on my phone at <laughs> something in the phone name Josh. Was there? Them. Yeah, but you know, yeah. jo- Joel, Josh. It doesn't really
1: matter. Yeah. The general.
2: Thank, thank, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been lovely um, to have the opportunity because this stuff's really important to me and our family, and um, and it's a great platform. And I wish you all the very best of luck. I'll be listening. Intently from here on. <laughs> cheers. cheers Thanks, That's mate. Awesome. Thank you. See you, everyone. Go books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just I just steeped that one in there. <laughs>